Hello and welcome to RegTech Impact, Christoph. Uh, please introduce yourself. Yeah, um, great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to, to join uh, and have this podcast. Uh, my name is Christoph Klarholt. I'm a lawyer by education. Um, worked in, in corporate law areas, but uh, also joined the compliance community basically right from my first day of uh, being in the office, joining the um, corporate legal team at ThyssenKrupp, which is a German conglomerate uh, where I worked for 18 years. And uh, now I'm the chief compliance officer of BMW, uh, one of the most relevant and uh, definitely the best car maker in the world. Um, I joined this company um, in January, so I'm a rookie in this new position and uh, still in my, let's say, onboarding phase um, and still listening in the listening mode to understand the company and its risks. Between ThyssenKrupp and uh, BMW, I worked for two years as general counsel and uh, chief compliance officer for Munich Re, uh, biggest reinsurance uh, company in the world. And then I also had a rather short but uh, interesting Uh, face um, acting as senior advisor for Boston Consulting. Well, that's basically what I'm I'm doing. Um, I'm I'm uh, 49 years old. Uh, have two kids. Uh, my daughter is uh, about to to pass. Hopefully, pass uh, her uh, final school exam. Um, and uh, so uh, it's uh, let's say. Also, uh, from from the private perspective, uh, interesting interesting times. Yeah, thank you. I mean, w today we are going to talk about the topic compliance leadership. And one of the questions that I got was, when did you first hear the word compliance leadership? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, when um, at ThyssenKrupp, uh, Heinrich Kiesinger took over as CEO, uh, he had a um, very fast the, the understanding that we need to improve uh, not only on the performance side but also on the leadership side and that we need a change in a compliance culture and go to, go through a transition there and that is uh, was the phase where we as the compliance team got more and more important and uh, the let's say the The claim was uh, it's all about performance and values, and uh, that was a good a good uh, starting point to develop a concrete understanding what entrepreneurial responsibility and compliance leadership is about. Um, can you give me a date? It was in yeah, that year? was that was uh, let's say we had the rail cartel, uh, which was kind of a turning point for ThyssenKrupp uh, when when the company finally understood that we couldn't continue. Uh, uh, That, that way uh, because it would uh, lead directly into the disaster and probably into bankruptcy. So that was about, let's say, 2011, 2012. I, I became chief compliance officer of Tristan Group in 2012, and that was a turning point where we got a really, uh, let's say, becoming uh, we're in the driver's seat of, of this culture change. That means although 10 years ago. But um, if you're thinking about the compliance leadership, How would you define that? I mean, what's your? Do you have a definition of that? No, I think it's it's there is no definition at hand. Uh, I mean, compliance and compliance leadership is in essence probably nothing technical. Yeah, it's 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 really a question of mindset and 
how how can I ensure for myself to to do the right to do it the right way? And uh, I think uh, um, this will be. I mean, leaders leaders uh, who are good compliance leaders they have a clear stand on values. As I said, it's about performance and values as two sides of the same coin. And uh, I mean, we can go into examples here. Uh, what what this means in practice. Um, walk the talk and tone from the top. I think these are buzzwords, yes, but uh, buzzwords which can be translated into concrete action. Yeah. So, for example, if I develop, I'm, I'm in charge as a leader to develop a new product or, or have an important project, then a good compliance uh, leader will have a good gut feeling Uh, on potential compliance risks, which which could be involved, and uh, where I'm unsecure, I involve my compliance officer. I ensure that there is a kind of compliance by design right from the start, rather than uh, asking compliance at the end of the project uh, whether everything uh, which I have developed is is uh, let's say in in accordance with with rules and regulations. And these kind of uh, proactively. Uh, tackling things, uh, sending consistent uh, uh, messages into my team uh, that compliance is important. All that I think uh, makes makes up what what we consider as a good uh, compliance leader. Um, that means there is no really definition of compliance leadership. It depends on the culture, on the values. Can we say that? In that way, definitely yes. I mean, I mean, one of the reasons why compliance is such a complex topic is that you cannot uh, there's no one size fits all approach it's it's all mm -hmm. about the uh, the company itself about the risks the business models uh, of course also the markets in in which i'm acting and uh, and and then of course the company the, the the culture and the values of the company and all that of course has got an immense impact on on how how i should behave as a compliance leader Absolutely, that's very interesting. The question what also comes up is uh, why companies must or should improve their compliance leadership. What do you think about the companies? Should they or is should be a must or should improving their compliance leadership? Um, I would say, I mean, compliance is a must. Yeah, and then it really depends on again on the risks uh, uh, where the risks which which is affecting the, the the business models and driving the business models um but i mean improve on on leadership is uh, always a question of the status quo where i'm in but uh, i would say a lot of companies have um um, have the right understanding uh, and, and have developed that over the last years that compliance is not only about um, acting, let's say, in accordance with the laws and regulations, but building up a compliance culture, which is more than that, which is really um, having an understanding what is the added value of compliance, that uh, that it's that it's not enough to simply follow the rules, but that having the The right mindset that protecting the reputation of a company is only possible if you really understand that uh, that there's more about uh, simply following the rules, but um, that sustainable business requires, let's say, uh, 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 
let's say, strategic understanding of what compliance is all about. That's very interesting. Um, one question for that. I mean, um, is there a, a rating or is there a, is there a, how you can say, steps of being compliant leadership? Is there something? Can you define something like that? I mean, from company is difficult. What's the stage? Is there something where I can say, okay, I'm better than the others or is that it's yeah. just an idea what I get? Well, I mean, I think it's a mixture. I mean, I, I do not believe in in uh, claims like you cannot measure what you cannot measure uh, because uh, culture is difficult. It's difficult to measure, and and acting as a leader is difficult to measure. Um, but of course, there are some, let's say, KPIs. There are some methods. I mean, you can have uh, uh, surveys uh, in your company. Uh, you you can, of course, build KPIs where you where you. Uh, put in relation the, the risks uh, you have uh, to the way your, your 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 leadership team acts. Of course, you can do that, but I think basically I would more believe in a in a good, honest interview and discussion with some leaders rather than in uh, having a perfect KPI based uh, risk score, which also have some messages uh, and 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 some content on. On, on compliance leadership, I think that is a little bit too. I mean, you you try to you try to uh, design something which you at the end of the day cannot measure. It's more about mindset rather than KPI. Yeah, it's very interesting. Thank you. But um, one question: What makes a good leader? And we can separate that. And how do you lead, especially in compliance? Can you tell me something about that? Yeah, as I said, um, it's about uh, setting the right tone from the top. Uh, also, ensuring that your team has got a understanding on the compliance risks. So, create and 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 uh, ensure transparency on the compliance risks. I mean, what does it mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, we always feel a little bit, let's say, uh, unsecure and uncomfortable. Uh, talking about uh, risks and also failures of the past, about potential uh, 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 potential um, fines the company may receive. That's that's all very human. On the other hand, it's important also to say, hey, in the past, connected to this and that business model, we um, did something wrong. We we had this and this problem and this develops into a real compliance violation um, where, which we now where we now suffer from the consequences and that is the way ahead where we want to avoid um, that that this will um, um, that, that, that this will let's say happen again and please be aware of this and that and um, you can always uh, if you are in a business dilemma you can always uh, Let's say uh, speak up. Yeah, speak up culture is very important. Where you feel uncomfortable as as a, a part of the team, um, where you have doubts doing something wrong. Yeah, we have our compliance uh, offices, the compliance professionals. You can always address your questions to them. You don't have to ask first of first me as the leader uh, before you go to the compliance team. Yeah, work closely together with these guys. 
um, they they are here to help you. Yeah, these are these are aspects which I would, from my perspective, would would summarize as as uh, patterns and and an attitude. A good comply, a good leader um, uh, has, uh, let's say. Uh, in his DNA or her DNA to be a good leader. And, and I mean, we're not talking about compliance leaders. We are talking about leaders and, um, compliance is just one part of that good leadership, uh, um, let's say approach and, and, uh, an attitude. Can we say that every leader should be also looking to compliance? That's something where you agree with me. Of course, because compliance is, is nothing which uh, is apart from the organization as, as, as an add-on. Yeah. Compliance is an integral part of each and every business. And, and the compliance risks are coming out of the business uh, models and out of the markets and out of uh, the interaction with suppliers and customers and other business partners. So, um, uh, it's, it's part, it's part of, of every day's management and every day's uh, leadership and and therefore you have to be aware uh, what it's all about and and uh, let's say act accordingly yeah that's very interesting but um if you're talking about um compliance leadership just talking about the compliance tasks i mean what do you think established companies do better in compliance tasks than five years ago mm. Well, I think uh, we are we are on a journey. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, it's probably longer than five years ago, when the Siemens scandal popped up uh, and and has shaken up the corporate Germany at least. Uh, um, I think we were very much focused on on uh, ethical uh, aspects around anti-corruption, bribery. Uh, um, of course, antitrust plays an important role. But now things develop and uh, the topics a compliance officer needs to have on, on his or her screen uh, and also the companies uh, need to consider, of course, are um, getting broader and broader. We're talking about data protection, talking about now all these product compliance, technical compliance aspects. We're talking about digital and ethical compliance. So the uh, the list of topics gets longer and longer, but the time Uh, the business has to, to deal with these risks and deal with these uh, measures to reduce potential compliance risk, of course, the time is not, uh, uh, let's say, the, the people do not have more time to, uh, to face compliance. So we need to be holistic, we need to be cohesive, we need to be also more efficient. And that means that uh, I think uh, it's it's no longer a good approach that we have 10 departments dealing with 10 different compliance risks, but that we try to steer that out of one out of one hand, out of one machine room. And I think uh, companies um, being on a on a high maturity level with regard to their compliance management system, they uh, they are dealing with that in the right way, and and uh, the development has started, but it's uh, still ongoing. Very interesting. That means, um, what change do you see in compliance profession? I mean, compared to five years ago, we talk about trust, um, bribery, and now you talked um, that the list of topics are getting more and more, and the time is getting less. And what is the compliance profession? Is there a change? Yeah, uh, reliable 
uh, effective compliance management system is is our task. I mean, these days, I think we are no longer discussing the elements of a compliance management system. I think this has been sorted out over the last, uh, let's say, 10 years. Uh, it's all about uh, prevent, detect, respond. It's about uh, Uh, having a continuous improvement process in place where you also include lessons learned and, and failures from the past uh, to, to ensure that the system remains and becomes more effective in the future. So I think the, the, tech, the technical aspects are there and, and uh, the discussions uh, have been, let's say, um, the, the discussions have been um, finalized and uh, now it's about to... to um, design on that uh, on that basis a compliance management system and implement it and the developments which we have seen is again that that uh, the systems are more cohesive now that that it's embedded into the risk uh, management system of the companies that it's uh, also let's say a, a certain level of of uh, um, self uh, um, uh, self-confidence that that the compliance officer that, that this is a profession by its own that it's not a uh, another lawyer uh, or it's not an, an, another legal department uh, it's it's not only about risk management but it's about compliance and that has uh, um, developed over the last years and and now we are we are finding uh, and, and need to desi design how we let's say cope with the digital age uh, um, and a lot of companies have got already ex excellent uh, processes in place uh, um, uh, with with uh, good digital basis with end to end processes uh, where compliance is embedded into the business processes uh, already um, all that is is on its way and of course i mean uh, The business world is very colorful, and and, uh, and and so is the compliance world. But basically, I think that is these are the, the important drivers which we see. Oh, thank you. But what do you think can technology help on the fight of compliance? Yeah, what do you what's your opinion about the technology development, especially in these times? Uh, yeah, I think um, a lot of companies uh, have a compliance management system already steered by KPIs, uh, and, and that, of course, has got a lot to do with data collection and uh, uh, also having the, the IT in place, uh, creating the transparency on the risk. So things like risk uh, analysis, risk assessments, uh, um, But but also dashboards on on uh, the, the relevant compliance uh, KPIs. All that is existing and and driven by technology. And now we are entering a phase where we come, well, where we have to ask ourselves how can we come from let's say prevention to pre pre to predictive compliance. I think we have a very interesting discussions on on behavioral science. Uh, I think it's an early stage, but. Uh, um, Companies, I think, start to um, discuss how, uh, let's say, behavioral science can can be used uh, to improve the compliance uh, um, management systems. Uh, for example, how can we, uh, let's say, get more effective dilemmata trainings if we understand uh, drivers for for human uh, behaviors? Uh, how can we? Get a better understanding and awareness on our, um, um, let's say, aspects from from artificial intelligence and and from 
um, uh, uh, behavioral science can can improve the the compliance management systems of the future. Oh, very interesting. Um, any recommendation to how established companies and reg techs can be actively engaged in fighting, for example, against compliance? Because reg techs are growing and um, reg techs are described um, the use of modern computer-based digital technologies to automate, simplify and improve regulatory governance, fraud, compliance, anti-corruption, ethical and risk tasks. And uh, do you have any recommendations recommendations to working to establish companies working with reg techs i think it's about listening about learning from each other that's that's a good starting point um, uh, and then of course i think it's important to make things as concrete as possible so to develop concrete use cases um, where uh, i can make use of Uh, reg techs and and uh, respective companies, um, for example, yeah, uh, what, what I what I mentioned before in the area uh, of of uh, let's say, um, for example, regulatory monitoring. I mean that is something which is existing in the uh, in the financial sector. The, As a, as a requirement, so uh, banks and, and insurance companies uh, are obliged to uh, have uh, effective uh, regulatory uh, change monitoring system. Um, it is not that established in the non-regulated world. However, if you look to areas like uh, product compliance, uh, I think uh, where, where we have a lot of different uh, a lot of different uh, technical Uh, regulation, uh, which is which is difficult to um, to control and monitor, and then of course to to implement into the company's processes. I, I think these are areas where uh, where you can build up concrete use cases. Um, also, uh, if you look now to the latest development in Europe with uh, um, compliance in the Uh, uh, in the supply chain, uh, um, in compliance chains, uh, with regard to um, with regard to compliance uh, with uh, um, human rights uh, uh, aspects, where you need to consider, um, for example, in a global supply chain, regulatory requirements uh, on a global basis, maybe not only coming from Uh, coming from different jurisdictions, but also from standard setters, from from uh, benchmarking exercises, uh, where you need to uh, include certain, let's say, best practices your uh, uh, market leaders have established, because otherwise uh, you cannot uh, you cannot uh, uh, let's say compete uh, with uh, with them in in uh, in uh, um, global. Um, in global processes i think there are definitely uh, these are these are some examples where where technology and uh, uh, global data yeah good um the question it's very interesting that the use case you told that i mean rectex are really interesting in use cases and i think there should be a um 
the people who are listening to RegTech Impact can find an interesting solution and maybe they should come to contact you or the established companies. Uh, but, but before they do that, um, to sum it up, they have to listen and learn and to be very concrete. That is what I just uh, get from your answer. That's true. That, that's right, but it's uh, but it's of course not a one-way street. I no, mean, no. Uh, large corporations, complex corporations uh, should avoid uh, being a, a little bit blind on technical developments or, mm. or being too self-confident with regard to their own capabilities. So I think it's uh, also our task uh, to to listen carefully about technical developments mm -hmm. and 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 who is who is let's say best uh, talking about that it's it's people driving that development and yes. uh, um, i think uh, there there is a that is a good basis to learn from each other absolutely absolutely um one also question is um the professional skills will become increasingly important for the risk manager or compliance manager in the future um What are the three compliance skills or topics that should definitely be tra trained by external trainers, for example? Ooh, yeah, a difficult question because I, I don't think uh, that we should focus or limit uh, this this question to external trainers because mm -hmm. uh, it really depends on the company uh, and, and also their, let's say, um, development and... and, and um, um, Uh, excellence understanding uh, whether they have these skills in-house or, or external but what are what are basic skills for compliance officers i mean there are so many but but uh, to to pick three i think it's it's about uh, let's say um to to how how do i work together with and how do i understand Uh, leaders, so so to to have the right level of uh, let's say not only uh, um, the, the the right the right level of of uh, um, understanding how how leaders behave, yeah, um, these psychological uh, basic skills. I think that is that is very important because otherwise you cannot interact uh, with with leaders. Um, then, of course, uh, uh, let's say uh, really to be trained with regard to and, and have a good understanding of the uh, opportunities, but also of the risks of uh, digitalization. Um, of course, this needs to be focused on your businesses uh, because uh, otherwise it's too broad. Uh, but uh, what what is the um, what is the development the company will go through with regard to digitalization? And, and what is the added value and, and uh, the task for compliance in that respect. Um, and, uh, well, uh, a, third, a third one, how, how uh, can I ensure to, to stay strong? Yeah? Because the job we are doing is, is not an easy one, and uh, you need to have the right, uh, the right balance between, on the one hand, listening and being proactive and being business supportive. But on the other hand, you need compliance um, um, is, uh, let's say, uh, needs to be needs to be more important than than a short-term business success. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, to be able to transform the compliance function into the digital age, all parties of the global ecosystem. Public and private should work together. Who globally can is are taken the lead in this? Do you have any 
answer for this question? Um, actually, not because I'm. I mean, uh, I think the the answer can only be given uh, for your industry you are in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for the insurance industry, I, I I can I could give an answer, but now I'm the uh, back in the uh, traditional industry in the auto industry, and uh, I'm too early with BMW. I'm still in my listening mode to answer that. I mean, basically, I would say companies are more flexible, are faster, uh, and and have more opportunities to uh, let's say develop. Uh, really concrete effective solutions with regard to these questions mm -hmm. but uh, i'm i'm not an expert uh, yet for this uh, industry so i i don't know what are the role and and what is the added value of, of other stakeholders uh, for example including the authorities mm -hmm. uh, which uh, of course are the 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 rule setters and uh, Uh, which influence, of course, uh, with regard to environmental uh, uh, standards, of course, our industry a lot. So uh, we should carefully listening uh, what they say. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, finally, uh, the last question that I'm always <laughs> box. Would you recommend? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I love that. I mean, uh, um, at at the moment, I do not have that uh, much time to read, but. Uh, I would I would recommend uh, I think uh, a very traditional a very traditional book I love the books from Don Winslow uh, the uh, the thrillers uh, uh, about Art Keller acting as a as an uh, inspector as an officer in uh, fighting the Mexican and the U.S. Uh, um, Cocaine uh, cartels, uh, because it's it's uh, excellent stories about how to be brave and uh, how to ensure integrity and then what are uh, the different cultures. So so I love that. And uh, let's say on the other side of the scale, uh, I'm uh, looking into Amy C. Edmondson's uh, book about uh, the fearless organization, uh, because it's uh, really something also to My, my 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 private my my personal learning expedition about change transition and uh, also the the chances of digitalization so uh, that that would be my recommendation but of course uh, when it comes to book it's always a very a very personal uh, uh, aspect absolutely but thanks um Christoph, it was a pleasure to having you as a podcast at Rectech impact we are in the end Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much for, for uh, the chance and looking forward. Thank you. Thank you.